drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions. What's going on, Kool-Aid drinkers? It's your host, Eric Oakry, right here. On the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I know you guys are used to me yelling in the microphone. Um, get this show going. thought I'd just change it up just a tad. I may yell more later in the show. Throughout the show. <laughs> it just depends how this one goes. But I'm going to be going solo here on this pod. You guys know what it is. Talking Detroit Lions. Here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in everybody. Drink it in man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. And I'm going to do, I got, I got lots to talk about here on the show. Got a little uh, topic I want to get into to start. I, I want to talk about something that Lions fans have been waiting for and are still waiting for. I want to hint on Jack Campbell a little bit. But the bulk of the show is going to be dollars Makes sense. You guys know we do this series every year, talking about contracts, talking about Detroit Lions dollars that make sense. And today we'll get into the O-line and the D-line, the trenches. Um, Talk all about, so plenty of guys to get into and kind of talk about what's going on there. But uh, let's not mess around. Let's get right into this. So I, uh, first topic, Chase Young to the Detroit Lions. Let's make this happen. I mean, this is a big, nasty beast of a football player. He's at a premier position. He's coming up right on the prime of his career. He's worked his way through some injuries. The Lions have money. This is a spot you always like to add. But oh, great. We already have pass rush. You can never have enough pass rushers. We all know this. Um, so this is a guy, I mean, again, school of choice, you know, not my favorite. Ohio State is vanquished. But I've loved this guy's talent. I wanted him in the draft. He obviously went before the Lions could pick. Now if 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 Washington, if the good old commanders are willing to move on from this guy, I'm at the front of the line wanting to talk to him. Now, there's a few concerns on, you know, does his love of football, his football character match up to what Dan freaking Campbell and Brad Holmes look for? I mean, they they can work their way through that, see if he's a fit or not, fit in the locker room, all that. I can't tell you. What I can tell you is he can make an immediate impact on a team that has very high expectations right now. He's a guy that you could bring in now at probably a reasonable rate in regards to trade and, and, and also possibly extend the player like this to have him around for this core stretch of years that you want to win ball ballgames. Um, I'd absolutely love this move. You know, I know uh, 
Chops who comes on the pod want to talk about he wants DeAndre Hopkins. Other people want these fringe pieces. I mean, give me a big body like Chase Young um, and all you doubters and people out there that just want to look at what happened in the past. Oh, he's injury prone. He hasn't done anything in the NFL. I mean, all you got to do is look at this guy in the uniform, look at the position he plays, and know that he can get after the quarterback. And those are guys I want on my team, you know, especially if everything else checks out in regards to, you know, him being a hard worker and being excited to come to a team like the Lions who are on the up and coming, the the most hyped team in the National Football League. So I'm all about this move. I'd go I'd go get it done. I, I'd go try to make it happen. Um, you know, I can't see another veteran coming available that's going to be like more impactful, more upside, more exciting than adding Chase Young to the Detroit Lions. And then you just, like I always say, when your football team gets good, you start bumping people down a peg. So you get Chase Young. Sorry, Romeo, you're down a peg. Hey, Charles, now you're really a situational pass rusher. Hey, Josh Pascal, we're going to slide you inside a little bit more. I mean, that's what good teams do is they stack and they, they move guys down based on who else you can acquire. And I think this guy's well worth the look and acquiring. And if Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes think he's not a fit or he's not healthy or he's not somebody they want to invest in, they've obviously proven that they've made some very good decisions. So I'll roll with them. But uh, give me Chase Young over Hopkins. Give me Chase Young over any old mid-level vet that they're going to want to add. Give me, give me Chase Young over pretty much anybody else. For the Detroit Lions. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Here's my second topic. All this talk about this new Lions helmet. Where is it? <laughs> How long we got to wait for this thing? I mean, this should be the time that you're promoting something like this. Your team's about to go away for, you know, a month plus before training camp. Let's get this new helmet out so people can see if the Lions did it up right finally. I mean... Word was it's only going to go with the gray uniform, so I can't imagine it's that tremendous. You know, they're not really going to mess around with the main logo. It's probably going to be like a flat gray with a blue lion and, you know, a, a chrome mask or something. Who knows? But I want to see it. I hope it's incredible. I hope the Lions go really top-notch when they switch up their jerseys next. I mean, I wouldn't... It feels like this regime is not scared to think outside the box. They're not willing to get aggressive with things. And the whole rebrand, I'm not talking about change the team. I'm not talking about the colors or anything. I'm just talking about get aggressive with these logos, the numbers on the jersey, the helmets. You know, make us more of a destination when it comes to gear. Make our gear good. And if you're going to throw it back, throw it back like they did in the 90s with those basic dark blue throwbacks with the flat uh you know gray dark helmets i mean uh, that's all you got to do to keep the fans happy but let's get this new helmet out let's get some better gear and then next year let's knock these jerseys out the park so everybody can be hyped about this football team lined up at the merch stands ready to buy and rock proudly some detroit lions gear drink it in everybody Drink it in, man. My third topic before we get into dollars makes sense. I kind of hinted on this, I think, either last week or the week before, that as I've been hitting the treadmill, I've been watching Gibbs, I've been watching Campbell, and I've been watching Laporta on repeat. Um, 
Gibbs and Laporta are fun to watch. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, if he's anything like he is on his you know twenty minute highlight reel between Georgia Tech and what he did at Alabama. Oh my gosh, the way he runs away from people, the jukes at full speed, the fluidity of catching the football. You guys heard me very upset on draft day. I'm not going to run away from that because of other players that were on the board and because I do play the position value game. But you also heard me say it's a heck of a dynamic, fun football player. That's exactly what he is. Sam Laporta, gosh, go turn on his highlights, man. He, uh, he's he got 15-plus minutes of every catch you'd want to find. Up the seam, out routes, catch and run, um, all types of things. And he... He's very smooth, kind of that tight end you want. This is not that fringe, you know, skinny former wide receiver. This is a legit tight end when he comes to height, weight, and the way he looks on the football field. But, gosh, he catches the ball well. Man, can he, he run after catch? Can he get after people? And I just think he's going to be an ultimate chain mover and a touchdown maker. But the reason I bring these guys up again and I kind of re-give you those takes is because I'm so torn on Jack Campbell. You turn his tape on, and I'm just kind of like, is this the 2023 new version of Brian Erlacher that's just going to be a monster at the position and a, and a demon on the football field? Or every time do I watch him, does the ball kind of find him? Does he kind of look clunky once it's in his hands? And is this a guy that's almost too big to play at this level, at a very high level? Now, I have no doubt that this guy's not going to, like, wash out of the league. Jack Campbell's not going to be a guy that, you know, looks lost out there. But I don't know if at that size, if he's going to be just wreaking havoc in the backfield, running sideline to sideline, um, getting his hands on all these passes, like people say. Of course, I hope so. But at times, watching his tape, or highlights, like... I don't see it, man. I see a big, hardworking linebacker that um, was good on his college team and wants it badly, but I see freaky twitch, and and you can go tell me about what he did at the Combine and what his RAS score and his testing numbers are. I don't see it, but the silver lining and the drink it in for Kool-Aid drinkers and Lions fans is I think his want to is so big, his football character is so high, His tenacity is going to be so big that I think he's just going to be a really quality football player at a position of need that at a high ceiling, he's going to blow everything I'm saying out of the water where he's going to turn the football over. He's going to make a million tackles and everyone is going to love him at the highest level. More where I think he's going to slot in is just that like, man, Jack Campbell is solid. Jack Campbell, you never have to worry about on or off the field. Jack Campbell is a leader, but is he going to be an ultimate game-changing football player at the middle linebacker position with some of the things he brings to the table? At pick 18, that's TBD if you ask me, but we'll see. And I hope it works out. I hope he balls and is absolutely incredible because I love his football character and I love the person. And I'm hoping that we all love this player down in and down out as well. So let's go ahead and get into this. That was a little 10 minutes off the top, just some things going on with the Lions. They're kind of finishing up OTAs. They had their little mini camp. And then after this OTAs, I think they kind of go away and then it's 
you know, train, take care of yourself, come back ready to roll. Um, they might have, you know, one more get together or Jared Goff probably going to be throwing passes to people in California or whatever. But um, after this is pretty much get ready, see you at camp, and then it's go time. So uh, I know everybody's excited about that. Um, the, the Dollars Make Sense series that we've been doing, we got to get into it, but we got to hit that sound bite first before we get it rolling. You guys know what it is. The classic million dollar man drop because it's all about that money um, and what these guys make, where they play, what they can do on the football field. So we'll focus on those dollars that make sense today. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the trenches because everyone's wanted the Lions to have this dominant O-line for a long time. We've kind of been touting it as this big unit, but we went through injuries to Ragnow, to Decker's finger, to Jonah Jackson's finger, to Hal Vitae's back. But I'm hopeful. I'm anticipating that this might be the year that that unit not only stays healthy, but is dominant on the football field. When you look at their dollars and, and how, how they do or don't make sense, I mean, this is not a cheap offensive line that we have. I mean, just looking at Frank Ragnow, you know, the most dominant player on this line, one of the most dominant players lines have had in my lifetime. I mean, this guy makes a base of $11.5 million this year. He's at a signing bonus of about $1.2, has a couple other little bonuses in there. Um, that's going to bring him to a cap hit of $16.45 million. That's seven percent plus of the entire cap for your center frank Ragnow. now you can get by with a cheap center you can find them later in the draft the lions invested a first round pick in Ragnow. he's played great he's been an all pro but that's a hefty number you know he's got this toe injury he's got this foot issue say it can't be operated on i'm really hopeful that frank Ragnow not only can play at a high level through this contract, this big contract that he signed. Um, I don't expect him to practice much, but you need this guy to be healthy the next two to three seasons at that number. I mean, Frank Ragnow, let me pull it up here. He He's not like just signed for a year or two. That's like three or four more years at that type of number based on that last deal that he signed. And you love his production. You love his grit. You know, being a guy that is willing to hang in there, you know, last year playing through it. This year, hey, I'll just, I'll get my way through it. But we saw how that happened a couple years ago where he missed the entire season. So, you know, he's, he signed a four-year, $54 million deal when this new regime came in. He's in year two of that where the numbers really start to ramp up now. 2024, you know, it's it's a seven point nine million dollar base, a cap hit of twelve point eight. So the numbers actually go down next year. And here's something intriguing again: Brad Holmes, potential out in twenty twenty five, which would only make it a four year, forty seven point six million dollar deal in total, with only eight million in dead cap. If you had to move on, and of course we don't want to do that, but if he's in and out of the lineup or if he's injured. That's at least an option that's out there. If he's healthy and you're ready to go, well, you pass that option up. 
2025, you're looking at 9.15 base. You're looking at a cap hit of 14.1. And then in 2026, you're looking at a $15.6 million cap hit for your center. That's a lot of dough, but he's he's proven to be worth it, not only up to this point, but you, you kind of want to just pay guys like this based on their football character, their leadership, the fact of him being the captain of the offensive line, playing in the middle, making all the calls. But that's a big number, so... Um, we got a lot of guys to get into, so I'll keep this rolling. Uh, Hal Vitae, another guy that uh, is at a cap hit of around $5 million. He, along with some other guys on the D-line, you know, took that pay cut to stay. He was up when, when he got signed by the GM and the coach we shall not speak of. I mean, his numbers were around 10-plus coming in. So that, that number seems to have come down. He's... Uh, you know, an $8.9 million dead cap if you were to move on. So you're not going to cut him, but hope that he can be productive at five rather than be a $5 million, you know, paperweight. So hopeful for how Vita is a pretty decent player, not putting him in the Hall of Fame by any means uh, or anointing him as this unbelievable piece that the Lions now have back. But Solid him and him and Penne really nice on the right side there. Jonah Jackson is the guy that everybody's already assumed is going to lead this football team in free agency. He's still on that rookie deal, makes about three point two five on a cap hit this year, which is for for Pro Bowl player, young player. I mean, one point four three percent of your cap. Jonah Jackson's a guy I'd be trying to move money around and keep here for a long time. You know, even if you got to let go of other guys, he seems like a guy I'd try to keep on this O-line. So that That's three of your starters. The other big boy is Penny Sewell. You know, yes, he was taken high there in the NFL draft at pick seven, I believe it was, but um, he's right tackle. He's on a rookie deal. He's at about 6.6 .6 mil cap hit less than 3% and minus 14.2 dead cap if you were to move on. So, you know, nobody's moving on from Penny Soul anytime soon. You better be saving up your pennies to pay this guy mega contract here soon. He he's a cornerstone of this football team. So, you know, and then you got Taylor Decker, the vet of the group. I mean, he's playing left tackle that premier position. $13.7 million base. It's got a bonus, few bonuses in there. Taylor Decker's, you know, coming in at a $19.35 million cap hit. $17 million if you were to move on from him. So he's here. That's that's a 8.5%, 9% of your overall cap. I, I do think Taylor Decker's a guy that he's not going to like it when the Lions move on from him, but I'm thinking two more really quality years and then switch pen a over there if he is to get hurt or something was to happen you could do it sooner i can't see him sticking around much longer than that based on where he's at in life his football life outside of football and everything else that goes into it you know you're looking at these depth guys graham glasgow came in here at a two point um two point two ish million dollar cap hit Logan Stenberg is still around this roster at 1.2 million. You know, that game seems like a guy you can easily move on from for a hundred thousand dollar dead cap. 
Ross, Pierschbacher. They even playing this guy a lot at center while Frank's out. This was a guy that was at Alabama, you know, kind of an intriguing draft prospect. He's at one point oh just at a flat mill. Intrigued to see if he's kind of that swing interior player or if this is the guy they move on from. You know, they they brought in the guy from the Eagles last year. I can't get you the last name, but A-W-O-S-I-K-A. You know, he's got some intriguing traits as well, but, um, you know, very low deal. Just, you know, that 870K type deal. Brad Cecil, who I know nothing about, is on this roster at 750K. You've got Jermaine Effetti, who they just brought on. He's a big old, big-bodied right tackle, backup type player. 940k Matt Nelson who's been around here way too long but the coaching staff seems to love him Matt Nelson is checking in at 1.3 million dollars this is a guy I would move on from and roll with Colby Sorsdahl the fifth round rookie Um, Sorsdahl 750k base you know hasn't really signed uh total yet but he's just going to come in around 800 some thousand dollars on that rookie deal you got connor galvin another guy who you've heard a couple of rumblings but he's kind of just that depth camp body type player ryan spavoda same thing 750k easy 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 e Ezzy, you know who I'm talking about. The dude who was all over Hard Knocks, who they think is a project. I, I don't see it in him as a, a, you know, just this. Yeah, okay, yes, he's a he's a long player. You like his length. I, I didn't see that dog in him or that I love football from this guy. But he makes no money, so if they want to keep developing him on the practice squad, that's fine. Darren, Paulo, Paulo um, you know. You've heard a couple things about this guy, too. He's just sort of there, 750K. And and that kind of wraps up the O-line. You know, uh, those those first, I'm just looking at it, the starters, makes a, they make about 7 and 2, so 9. Say another 2, 11. Taylor Decker is 9, so that's 20. I'd say the offensive line makes about 23% of our overall salary cap, just doing some rough numbers while we're here in the pod. That's a lot. I don't have it in front of me. That's probably top, got to be almost like top five if I probably pulled up all the numbers. So it's probably a top five, top eight paid offensive line in the National Football League. You've got a great five. You've got a bunch of ho-hum guys on the backup. Your backups to me would be Glasgow and uh, Colby Sorsdahl, you know, with possibly Pershbacher in there. You know, those are kind of the guys I see as maybes. The rest are probably, you know, they got to go because if, if Sorsdahl is going to be your swing tackle interior, I don't know why you'd keep Matt Nelson or DeFetti or some of these other guys, but they might be one other body they got to keep in there. But you know what I mean? It's It's an intriguing group. They need to stay healthy. They need to grow that cohesion, which I think might be a little difficult with Frank kind of uh, not practicing. You know, I just don't want that guy missing games. 
I feel like if you have Ragnow, Decker, and Sewell, you're good. You know, if you have Ragnow, Decker, Sewell, and Jackson, you're real good. If you have Ragnow, Decker, Sewell, Jackson, and a healthy, nasty, big V, you could be elite on the offensive line, something like we've never seen before. So we'll see what happens with them this year. We're all hopeful. It all starts up front, right? So there's those dollars that make sense for the offensive line. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. All right, so I got some news and notes off the top. Got through those old linemen. I'm going to take our commercial break, and when we come back, I might have to do a rant about a rant that Chops didn't do a rant on, that he said he was going to rant about, but I'll have to rant that he didn't do his rant on a rant that I've ranted about over and over again on this show. Everybody, we'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break. Thank you so much again for listening to Pod, uh, listening to the sponsors. Hit me up on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. I love talking football, fantasy football, Michigan football, and all things in between. But I uh, love just turning on the mic here and talking Detroit Lions. So we hit on some news and notes. We got to, into the offensive line. Now it's the other side of football. The D-line, the big nasties, those guys that uh, push the pocket, get after the run game, get after the quarterback, and uh, this is probably the most intriguing group for me on this entire football team, on what they're going to do, 
how they're going to play, how impactful they're going to be. Could they add a football player like Chase Young um, or another big nasty with the money they got in the piggy bank? I think it's very intriguing. Uh, again, one quick thing on that ad, why I would love to add to the D-line. I think they just totally souped up their DBs and their secondary. We've got offensive skill all over the football field. I just told you how much money's already in the O-line and how they're already set there. So what does that leave? The D-line to add another body, whether it be interior or outside. they got about $23 million of space. And there's no reason to be saving that for a rainy day. Because every year, your football team turns over about 50-some percent, 40%, whatever it is, in the National Football League. So your money is going to flip over as well. Any money you don't do this year, it's not like you get to add a bunch of extra toys moving forward. Yes, it can help you a bit, but you got the money, you want to win, you're going to need to spend up to the cap like these other really good teams do. If you ever look at who wins in the league, it's not usually the teams that got $50 million sitting around doing nothing like the Colts, you know, or other teams in the league. Houston Texans, you know, those are the teams that are losing 10-plus games a year. The teams that are winning have no cap space or have no availability. So am I go saying go spend it on some bum, some stiff, somebody that can't play and give them a five-year deal um, that's going to kill us for years? No. But am I saying can you pay a big chunk for a good player both this year and maybe moving forward? Yes, they need to do it, and I hope they do it on the defensive line of all places. Um Gosh, if you can't, you need to drink that in, everybody. Drink it in, man. And so here's the thing. Before I get, before I get into the D-line, might as well get this off my chest right away. So all of you that have been loyal listeners to this show, you've been listening for years, you know we've developed gimmicks, we've done all types of topics, Gosh, I don't even know how many pods we've done at this point. This is hundreds of pods. I think we're probably at four or five hundred pods, if I had to guess, since this show started way back when I was just like, hey, I'd like to talk Lions with my buddies. Let's turn the mic on and figure out how to create a podcast. And here we are serving up Kool-Aid to all the loyal, diehard Kool-Aid drinkers for years. So Chops, who you guys know and enjoy on the show, is a good buddy of mine. I love it when he comes on the show. We have fun talking ball. We make each other laugh. We bust each other up every once in a while. Chops says, oh, man, I I can't come on the show. You know, I'm busy with this, with that. I got to travel. I got to work, whatever he said. He's like, but okay, I got a rant for you. I'm going to call it in. Just you wait. (laughs) Little did he know. What he said he was going to rant about is the same rant that I've ranted about for years on this show. He said he was going to drop a bomb on Calvin Johnson. If you guys want to hear me rip on Calvin Johnson, go back into the Kool-Aid archives and listen to every time his name was brought up after he quit on the football team and hear what I got to say about this guy because everyone's throwing a party that he's back in the fold and... Oh, it's so good to see Calvin back at practice. Oh, Calvin wants to help J-Mo. Oh, Calvin's back. Thank goodness for Sheila Hamp and for Mike Disner and for Dan Campbell and Brad. Oh, this is a tremendous... Like, everybody has heard me say, and for you, those of you that know me forever knows that when he was just coming in, 
I was the guy screaming at the mountaintops to get the football to Calvin Johnson every game, all game long. Just throw it up to him. But the minute he started never practicing, boohooing about his finger injuries, then quitting on the franchise, then going and wearing Raiders gear, and then sitting here talking about how hard he had it and all these injuries that mount up while he's out there getting maybe eight passes a season with some, some, oh, my knuckle hurts, oh, this, my fingers are mangled. These old linemen are killing themselves. Other people are just banging heads all day, and this guy can't can't do it anymore. He just, he can't put up with the losing. Like, it's been such a breath of fresh air as much as I stood up for Matt Stafford and, and thought he was talented. To just, him and Calvin were both so talented and all they did was rack up those numbers, lose by 18 points every game, and then tell you how they were going to be better next time or how they were going to do this, how they were trying hard and how we hope we'll win. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, this... So, so Chops was going to do it. I, I don't feel even in the mood to go back into and get raise my voice a ton, but I, Calvin Johnson as a family man and as a person is probably a great dude as far as what he showed me, as far as his personal character, not only towards the end, but once he left the Lions and was like, oh, they owe me like $1 million. I can't believe they won't pay it back. They gave you $200 plus million. <laughs> Do you really need the million or two back? Is that really the biggest deal? Oh, I forgot your fingers hurt. Oh, I forgot that, you know, oh, I'm so sorry we couldn't win, that you were no part of all that losing at this team. Like, I know all you guys love them. I know some of you guys turn off the pod when I do this rant. But Chops didn't step up, so somebody has to. We don't need Calvin Johnson back in the fold. If he's there and he really does want to be a positive influence on players and wants to coach people up or be a, an ambassador for the team, okay, I guess. But it seems weird that you go crush us and drag the organization through the mud and now come back because they probably cut you some behind-the-scenes check for $20 million every few years so you can go around and do meet-and-greets and show up at the golf tournament and... I mean, I'd rather just have J-Mo be J-Mo. I'd rather just have this group be them rather than have a on-again, off-again Calvin Johnson, depending on how you treat him, how much money you put in his pocket, and and how he feels that day. You know, had Calvin Johnson played every plays to the nth degree on the field, you know, um, hung in there with this team and was here for their uprising, Gosh, he'd have a statue by now. But the fact that you lost, you kind of complained, you quit on your teammates and on your organization, you ran them through the mud, you talked about this minuscule amount of money and never acknowledged that they changed your entire life. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous on so many levels. And unless he comes back and he's the absolute greatest ambassador of all time and everything's under the rug and there's no more of this back and forth. It's just a frustrating thing more for me than something to be celebrated. I mean, anytime you can, you know, make amends or put something behind you or get through something, yeah, that's good, but sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes it's just like, hey, Calvin, you balled for us for what? You probably had like four to six really good seasons in the National Football League. 
some injured seasons, some seasons before he was, you know, in the fold as a rookie or whatnot that were really nothing. And then those last years where it was just kind of like the numbers were all empty and it was just like dude's making $25 million. I just couldn't wait to get rid of his contract. You know what I mean? And so when he hung it up, I was happy because I was like, good, now we don't have to pay a, a aging you know, whatever wide receiver, $28 million next year. When when no receivers were making like $12 million. Calvin was making this ridiculous amount of money. So, you know, uh, again, I, I didn't even really want to do the rant, but when Chop said he was going to rant and didn't rant, it made me more want to rant about this and be like, I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done talking about this. I, I don't think that this current group of players need you as a mentor unless you've totally changed who you are and aren't going to say, oh, well, back in the day, this is what I used to do here with the line. Oh, this is how we used to lose all the time. Hey, you got to check out my products off the field if you really want to get, you know what? Like, no, we don't need any of that. People act like he's going to anoint these players with this wisdom. It's like this is a brand new lions and I, i'd rather keep it that way to be perfectly honest so there you go everybody if you want to hear a similar rant probably where i raise my voice and kind of even get after it more you can listen to that in the archives calvin johnson matt stafford barry sanders blah 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 i'm all like for you know repping our team repping our city you know whatever but don't don't quit on us and, and don't go wear raiders gear and don't boohoo about a little bit of dropping the bucket money when we change your entire existence for generations. That doesn't fly when you when you're on a pod like this that reps the Detroit Lions first, serves up the Detroit Kool-Aid, and doesn't uh, sit around here and just want like two, three good football players and, and focus on that. I want wins. I want playoff wins. I want Super Bowls. Don't give me a bunch of stats that you did and then a bunch of whining and crying about how the organization did you wrong. That, that, that doesn't work for me. So there you go, everybody. Chops, you're welcome. Let's move on to better and bigger topics, and that's the big nasties, the defensive line. Let's talk some dollars. Make sense, ladies and gentlemen. So when you get into the D-line, we're talking edges, we're talking DTs. You know, the Lions obviously run a scheme where some of those outside linebackers are going to be edge-type players. But we're just going to focus on the Ds and the DTs right now. And it starts with a guy that you guys know we love on the pod. He's number 97. You guys know what it is. Unleash Hutch. Isn't that right, Dan Campbell? Unleash Hutch. I'm ready to unleash Hutch. Exactly. Hutch, you know, taking that number two. He's he's NFL contracts are so weird. 870k base. He's still on that rookie signing bonus. It's 5.8 mil. Roster bonus of 1.5 mil. So that brings his cap hit overall to 8.1 million dollars for Hutch this year. That's about three and a half of the entire cap. Dead cap, which means nothing. That only means like if you get rid of a player, that's what you'd be on the hook for. 30 mil. You know, Aiden Hutchinson's on his way to having a statue in this city and being a legend. And I think he's really going to ball this year. So, you know, uh, a lot of these top edge rushers are making 15, 17, 20 mil. 
Hutch for the next three years, at least probably on that eight to 12 million at max. You got to love that contract. No doubt about it. Charles Harris. This is a former first round pick came here, did some things, did some real good things, you know, made some plays, really hard worker, got paid, got paid to stay here. Didn't do a dang thing last year. Injuries and everything else, he got caught up. Um, he's going to be fighting for his fighting for his life here with this team. Uh, $3 million base, basically a $2 million signing bonus still. Another small bonus brings his cap hit to 5 mil. I mean, in the National Football League, that's a good chunk. But I love Charles Harris. I really do for the way he works, type of person he is, skill set he has. I'm really hoping he can come back and be a great rotational rusher for this team. I don't mind that at all, even though that's a decent number for a player in his type of role. John Kaminsky, they have him as DE here. He's kind of an interior outside guy. Um, you got to love John Kaminsky, too. I mean, this wasn't a guy I had high hopes for when they when they signed him. But, gosh, when you saw him on the football field, big, nasty rusher, guy you can stunt with, guys that can do some things. And... Uh, he just seemed to fit in here so well, be loved by his teammates. Uh, Lions loved him, brought him back. Kaminsky's, you know, about 1.1 base, 1.2 signing bonus. Brings his number only to about 2.3 this year. And while I'm working my way through this, I want to bring up Kaminsky's deal because I want to see what him and Isaiah Bugs got. Um, those were two kind of guys the Lions definitely sort of you know, sunk their teeth into about wanting to have those guys back. And, uh, you know, I thought they were good investments for the team. So I'm just trying to find John Kaminsky. Let's see what kind of deal he got. I want to say it was like two years. Not that much dough, but um, you know, a nice bump for a guy like this, you know, that's always been a hard worker, never really uh, had much... Uh, Got much of a contract, so let's see. Got him, got him here. Pulled up in the computer. Let's take a look. Twenty-seven years old. Going to be twenty-eight here pretty soon. Been in the league four years. Yeah, two years, eight and a half mil. I mean, that's a that's a beautiful deal. Brad Holmes special, and out after this year, so it makes it a one-year three point five if he doesn't ball or if he was to get hurt or something. But I like that contract. I think John Kaminsky will be here for those two years. Be productive, be a guy that we're very happy to have at that type of number and the hustle and the things that he brings. Next guy quickly on my list is Isaiah Bugs. He he's kind of like that. Some places have him listed as a D end, um, like that big big body D end, but he definitely more of that nose tackle interior type player. You know, same type of deal as Kaminsky, one point one, a little bit of a signing bonus. Bugsy comes in at 1.7 mil. And I do want to look at same thing with him. I think his deal was like two years and something small, like two years, five, I want to say. A couple million bucks uh, over a two year deal, which two, three year deals in the league are what I love. You know, those are deals where you can reward guys for their play on the field. You don't get wrapped up into these four- to six-year deals at high numbers. Um, it's a really nice spot. Brad Holmes has really been doing a nice job, which I think is one of the hardest things to do in the league is to reward your guys but also keep your cap right 
and uh, you know, manage that salary cap. You know what I mean? It's you, it only takes a couple bad deals to get yourself in that salary cap purgatory where you don't want to be. Where Brad Holmes every time seems to be getting people at good numbers, they're good ages, good length on the contract. Always gets an out in there somewhere. Always maneuvers the numbers so it's low base. You know, hey, if we got to move on, we, we'll pay it down the road type of thing. So Isaiah Bugs, 26, going to be 27 years old, four years in the league, out of Alabama, loves the city of Detroit, great locker room guy. Two years, 4.5 total, um, and an out after the season if they want it. You know, if they don't, the numbers ramp up a little bit that next year. So you've got to love that. you got to love that contract structure you gotta love what bugs brings to the football team wait i forgot what we call him on the show big bugs um, <laughs> that's our ongoing gimmick of just putting big in front of people's names and calling a nickname kind of like this guy big denim <laughs> levi owns arike I, I know all you guys have written this guy completely off the board he's a high second round pick he has debilitating back issues but he does look like he does curls 24-7 in the locker room because his arms are just massive. Levi, a.k.a. Big Denim, 1.3 base, 820K, signing bonus still there, a $2.2 million cap hit, not even 1%. So he's totally a guy you kind of keep around, just let him keep working through it. I know you kind of need all these roster spots, but... Somebody brought up the point that the Lions, if they do know that he can't ever play, they might be just sort of holding him out for a, you know, get his years of accrual and he can get the pension. And all. I mean, that's a little forward thinking in my book. I think the Lions are still very hopeful that Levi can get through some of these issues and, and eventually make an impact, even if it's a rotational impact or some kind of thing on this team. But there's not really a reason to move on from him unless you just totally know that he's absolutely done. Other guy on my list here is my boy Josh Pascal, also taken in the second round by the Lions. Listed more as a DN, definitely more of that edge rusher, but he's a big body. Every year, every time I watch him, I just man, Josh Pascal's a big dude, man. Big, thick football player, and uh, he's around $1 million in base. 700k signing bonus and John Pascal is only again you draft these guys you get these crazy numbers he's gonna make like 1.8 this year 0.77 of the cap for a guy that's young physical athletic big um that's the beauty of the NFL draft ladies and gentlemen Aleem McNeil, lots of buzz about him, about him slimming up. Now he's going to be the three-tech penetrating type player that we hoped for. He's been much of a plugger and a big, big plump, as I call him. Um, looks like he's not as plump, and hopefully he'll get after the quarterback a little bit more. Aleem, again, a drafted player in the third round. coming in with no money here. 1.1, little signing bonus. $1.4 million cap hit. 0.62 for Big Aline McNeil. You gotta love that. Everybody's new favorite player, even though I still don't like the draft pick, especially what they get up to get him, Broderick Martin. Broderick Martin does seem to have a great personality. He's got the go-go gadget arms. He's a big old human being. 
He makes 750k on base, 200 plus thousand dollar signing bonus for under a million dollars this first year on his rookie deal, picked in the third round. 0.42 percent of the cap. And here's a sneaky football player. He's getting a little bit of buzz. They just picked him up, Christian Covington. I like the size of this player. I like the veteran um, skill set. I think he can bring in the interior. 1.16 million base, and his cap hits even uh, you know less than that. Just a cap of 940. So they push some of that into future years. For some reason, we're keeping Benito Jones around at 940k. Corey Durden 750. I think that's an undrafted cat. Zach Morton, same thing. And here, here's the other name to know. Chris Smith, kid, um, played last year at Notre Dame. Interior player that they have some upside for. Undrafted, so 750K. No real big commitments on him. And, you know, you're looking at your big dogs up front. It's going to be Hutch, and it's going to be um, it's going to be Romeo. Where's, where's Romeo at on this deal? Let me pull up his number. He's the other big edge rusher and the other big contract that we have to consider, which, like, what to think about Romeo, man? He's such a beast, and now it's like everyone's quit on him. Like, oh, you know, cut him and this and that. So I got to bring up his numbers real quick. I know we've been uh, working our way through the pod here. Let me pull up Romeo real quick. We'll do a quick recap of that D-line and get up out of here. See if my computer could work for me here. All right, so so here's the deal with Romeo Aquara. 27, just turned 27 years old, seven years in the league. Came out of Notre Dame. He was with the Giants, got picked up by us, had a couple good years. We paid him. Three years, $37 million. Of course, unfortunately, that first year, blew out his Achilles, didn't play, collected very big paychecks on a weekly to bi-weekly basis, came back, did really nothing last year as well, just sort of out there, says he's feeling better, says he's in the best shape of his life, says he's ready to go. We'll see about that. He is on the final year of this deal, so we haven't really got a very good investment or return on investment, but... You love the guy. You love his character. He's a $2 million base this year, $3.5 million signing bonus. Got a cap hit of, uh, let's see here. It says there's a potential out this season. I don't know if that means like now or if this tells me or not. We've already went past the June 1st cuts as well. So if he was a post-June 1st release, it would be a $3.5 million dead cap. Both this year and next year, you get a cap savings of only $2 bucks. If you trade him, you'd still have the same dead caps and the same cap savings. So there's no real reason to trade him. You've already went past June 1st, uh, so save, you know, some money. I mean, his, his cap hit 5.6, you'd save 3.5, so you'd save over half his contract, but I feel if he's healthy and ready to go, you're just going to ride out this last year. 
just straight up cut him, you know, you, you're going to get that $7 million dead cap on you spread over those two years. So I'd say just play him out this year, and unless he absolutely balls, you know, and then you got a 3.5 regardless dead cap in 2024. It's kind of a voided year. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't think moving on from Romeo helps you, but I don't know what he's going to give us versus what we hoped for. I'd love it for it to be Hutch and Romeo. Uh, actually, Hutch and Pascal. Romeo and Charles as your main two backup rushers. Kaminsky, Bugs, and um, you know the Project Martin in the middle. See if maybe Big Denim can come back and give you something. But it's... We're good, but you can see why I wanted the body up front. You know, you can see where there'd be another spot for a guy. So the dollars make sense with those rookies. When you're talking Hutch, Pascal, um, you know, James Houston is kind of an edge player, even though he's listed more as a, a linebacker still. And, and then you got Romeo, you've got his brother, you've got Kaminsky, you know, some of these guys. So you got bodies, but you could definitely add there and uh, they could definitely pay a guy, a premier guy, either this year or next year and draft a player to keep ramping that up because they definitely kind of steered clear of that this year. But overall, dollars make sense. Um, I'd say more on the offensive line than than some of those defensive line guys, but I do think we'll be better there. I think they're the most intriguing group. I feel like if we get a consistent pass rush with our DBs and our safeties um, and our improved linebackers, we're going to be really a much improved defense. No doubt about it. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Let's have a side of cornbread to get us out of here. Cornbread! Make it a double. Cornbread! And, uh, yeah, everybody, I'm looking around. I'm looking at next week. I got Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions on the show. If all works out, we're talking all things Lions offseason. And who knows what else we might get into. So, for me... For the Detroit Kool-Aid cast and for all you awesome, loyal Kool-Aid drinkers out there, I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.